Mortality is coming for all of us. Unrelenting episode number 15 for February 17, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill. He is Gene Nevtuliev, and we're here to be, well, unrelenting. How are you, Gene? I'm good. And by the way, my name is Sir Gene, not Gene Nevtuliev, but okay. Sir Gene, have you finally changed this on your driver's license? I have, yes, just for you, because uh, I keep telling you, say Sir Gene, and you keep saying uh, Gene Nevtuliev. It's not that I care that people know my name, but it's just. I have a brand, goddammit. But it's a weird thing outside of the no agenda community to use the sir. I I do have a podcast that's called Sir Gene Speaks that is outside of the community. Is it, though? Does anybody listen to that show that's not in the community? Fuck you. Wow. There you go. It's it's been a great episode. We'll start strong. (laughs) We'll start strong. (laughs) What a great episode of Unrelenting we had today. We're (laughs) glad you could all come along with us. It's, It's been a blast. Yes. And I just realized why you had me say that line is because you you were too lazy to add a stinger to the beginning of the episode. So you just had me do it right as you're recording live. Isn't that even better? <laughs> less work right up front. Well, boom. It is better. Yeah, it's definitely less work. Live to That's virtual true. tape that we've got going. Well, you don't want to waste that. No. And so people have been commenting that they like the latest episodes of Unrelenting that we're hitting a stride. Our interactions are getting. Yeah better i guess i don't know i feel like we're finding a better balance too between politics and non-politics which is good because politics sucks it does you have to cover it i think because yeah well you don't want to ignore it yes because it does have an effect on our lives and that's something that we know the mainstream media is not doing a good job of covering these stories but we don't we're not going to cover the boring stuff like well uh you know the stock market's up I mean, if there's a reason <laughs> that people may not know for stuff like no, that, then yeah. Definitely don't want to come. Hey, by the way, Bitcoin's down 5%. The overall cryptos are going down, This, which is an interesting thing, too. All of the cryptos are tied more or less to Bitcoin. And I know saying yeah. all is a fallacy because every now and then. Yeah, there's always the penny crypto that's gone up 2,000% today. Right. But overall. It's very much tied to Bitcoin, and I had that on the list of things to talk about in relation to what's going on in Canada. The big story right now is yeah, how the Canadian which police- I think is also affecting Bitcoin, by the way. Which, it, that's very possible, along with the fact that we keep hearing the United States government is about to regulate, mm-hmm. and that scares the hell out of people, and- I've read speculation from a couple of sources that said as interest rates go up, Mm -hmm. the money in crypto will disappear because the people that, well, not everybody, but a lot of people that were putting money into crypto were doing so because interest rates were zipped. So you couldn't really make money investing your way there. So like, well, we'll put money into the crypto, even though it is a much bigger risk. It was the only place to make some cash. And now if interest rates start going up, people will start pulling money out of crypto and putting it into other things. Do you buy that? Uh, I mean, I could see an argument for that. Sure. I think the, the, the real question is going to be 
is it just the people that currently own crypto that you're talking about? Are you, are you including new people, which has been the case, getting crypto for the first time on a regular basis and thereby driving demand? I think they're talking about a lot of people who would be considered crypto whales that put a lot of money into it yeah. as an investment. There's way different levels of getting yeah, into crypto. Yeah. I mean, there are people like me that are just buy and hold no matter what. And then there are people that are, you know, that, that they have the number. They have the number at which they're going to sell when it hits that. Um, and then there's honestly, there's tons of institutional investing going on in crypto right now right that are treating it like stocks you know yeah like i think russia's got several billion in crypto right now it's an interesting way to hedge bets on a bunch of different things oh you might as well you got the money but people are pointing to bitcoin and other cryptos Mm -hmm. because of the state of the world in canada the big story the police are turning over the names of people involved in this trucker protest yeah to financial institutions to no doubt cancel them financially, whether that's here right now or whether that's coming in the near future. It seems that we're on a path to that. Yes, yes. And I think it will have a dire consequence for the financial system, because one of the things I've started doing is just taking out all the money from my bank. Then the question becomes, what do you do with that? Well, I did have to go and buy a safe. Well, see, that's a plus. Uh, but um, yeah, like a non-gun safe, an actual safe safe. But yeah, I'm just going to, no, small amount, do like two, three grand a week and just keep doing that uh, and slowly just depleting the bank account uh, to the point where, actually, it's probably more like five grand a week. But either way, getting it depleted to the point where there really is never more than two grand in the bank. Right, because, because then they I can't take it. They can't take it. And here's my, my hedge, my prediction, not financial advice. I think that they are going to be destroying cash in the next year or two. And therefore, cash, much like Bitcoin, uh, will become a non-fungible commodity, which will be worth more than the face value. I've heard this concept. I I thought I created it, but okay. No, no, I I mean, again, it seems seems to be on more of the extreme side, Mm -hmm. but there is a certain logic behind it. Yeah. The question really becomes, though. We'll have cash collectors out there. Well, there already are. I mean, there are bills that are out there that are worth more than their face value because they come from. That's a good point. Yeah. Misprints and stuff like that. Well, and just bills that are no longer made in the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything over $100. Yeah. Right. They exist. Yeah, that's, worth, that's totally worth more than face value. Yeah, I agree. So that could possibly happen. The variable there that we don't know what's going to happen yet will be at what point, and I think it will happen, it may not be in our lifetimes, but at some point, they're going to flip the switch and say... The paper currency is no longer accepted as currency. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is fine because it's not going. I mean, it's worthless right now. Anyway, it's basically going to keep serving its purpose for people that don't want to buy from uh, name brands. You want to go to the farmer's market? I guarantee you currency will still work 10 years from now. 
even if it's an underground thing. Yeah, entirely. because all of those people will be using the underground currency. And since officially cash will no longer exist, all your money is digital. Um, you know, it's uh, probably not a bad thing to use something that doesn't exist. There are people that would say, well, this is why you want to put all your money in crypto, to which point I go, no, no. Well, I, crypto is digital, and that's the problem. Crypto has a lot of convenience and safety related factors, but you give up the, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but having having something that doesn't require electricity has a certain benefit. Yes. Something that doesn't require plugging into a computer or an internet for it would be good too. Right. Exactly. And that is not crypto. And I still have the inkling, not that it was invented as such, but I feel that crypto is going to be the thing that will cause the ruin of a lot of people who are going to throw a bunch of money in and not understand that the value could drop for no reason. Now I know there are coins that are out there that are tied to things like the U S dollar and those are a lot safer because. Yeah. And, and I, I likely, sorry to interrupt you, but which I do all the time. I know I'm like, are you really sorry, Gene? Come Uh, on. But but, uh, (laughs) this time I will say, sorry, but uh, I think that there are a sufficient amount of people that have already written fairly lengthy papers on the practical measures involved in transitioning from paper currency to strictly a digital currency that is tied one-to-one to the old currency of the dollar. And, and effectively saying nothing is disappearing. They're, these dollars that we printed uh, at a tremendous rate uh, a year ago aren't going away. They're just being issued as a cryptocurrency that is the official currency of the U.S. government. And collectors of actual paper money like me, I think we're going to make out like bandits, not providing uh, financial advice. Well, I think gold and silver and all of the precious metals are in a really good spot right now, too, which, again, not financial advice. So, yeah, I, I think to me, the downside of precious metals has always been. Okay, where are you going to buy or where are you going to buy? Where are you going to find a buyer? Like if the economy tanks and the actual dollar is near worthless, but hey, lucky you, uh, you bought uh, some coins, gold coins or silver coins a decade ago that that you've been sitting on. Great. How are you going to go and spend that at the farmer's market? Because the problem with all those coins is their value is too damn high. What you want is not a coin that's worth eight hundred to two thousand dollars. You want something that's worth like five bucks. You want to go back to the era of gold dust, where you could just like have a little scale, yeah, like pull out. Hell yeah! And it's like how I much? Think, oh, yeah, I mean that's more practical. You might you might go to the farmers market, and I hate to keep picking on them, but that's always a good example of people that are willing to do alternative transactions. And uh, every uh, every stall has a little a little steel file there, and a and a, a a fine measurement instrument. And when you find out how much it is, then you take your gold coin and you got to just file it down to get just the right amount of dust out of it, right? To uh, to be able to pay for what you're buying. 
I mean, I guess that could be a, a solution, but like, it, it just, I don't know. Gold just still seems like it's more trouble than be worth. But if everything have, else is so trackable is the well, issue. It, it is. It is trackable. But here's the other possibility is they don't completely get rid of paper currency. They simply start inserting RFID into every bill so that the actual currency is the chip. The paper is just there for convenience slash making people feel, you know, the nostalgic element of having paper money. But that paper money will be worthless. It's it's the chip itself that has the value. Possibly. But then is there a law that you have to register if, you know, I take that well, bill no, and give it to you? Then how do they know this is moving well, around? Every, every piece of paper currency has a serial number right now, right? Correct. Well, how much easier would it be to turn off paper bills if they had, if the actual value was the chip serial number, not what's written on the paper? Like, you need to scan all that paper money today to see if any of those serial numbers come from illicit sources that you can then go after and confiscate, in the U.S. at least. In Canada, you don't have to do shit. You just become a dictator like Trudeau. (laughs) And, you know, you're not passing laws. You're just like walking around thinking of new laws. As soon as you say it, it's now a law, and anyone that isn't following that law is now criminal. It's that simple. I like that the vibe of Bill O'Reilly's show is getting more and more like no agenda because he calls Trudeau Little Justin. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a lot of nicknames, but uh, yeah, none think, of them good. Yeah, there's nothing great. There's a few good ones. I don't think anything's great. That's true. It's not. There's not one that everybody can get behind. But with the digital cash, I see so many people jumping onto this mm-hmm. because of the convenience factor, or they're going to jump into crypto thinking they're screwing the man when yeah. it's really just the man screwing them. Exactly. Yeah. And with digital cash, like you think of uh, the benefits that are tangible is like what they will sell to you as benefits. It's like, hey, um, imagine now that it, it's not just physical items that disappear from your house that you can collect insurance on. Now, whenever you walk into your house, your Alexa will be able to read every serial number of every bill that you're walking in with. And if those bills are part of a, a, a robbery of your house, we simply turn them off and issue new numbers for your bills uh, or, you know, provide a replacement right. for you totally free. That's like, that's a huge benefit is now that even if you have cash stolen, it is replaceable. It's like the, the old uh, uh, ads for American Express travelers checks, right? Don't leave home without them. Yeah. Not sponsored by American right. Express. Right. No. God, never in a million years. Uh, so I, I think that's a possibility. I don't know which is going to happen, but I either all paper money will just go away or paper money will be enhanced and brought into this century where the biggest benefit of course, is just being able to do mass, uh, tracking and mass counting of the bills without even having to see them through RFID. Well, that is it because anybody that's been following along would know that Elizabeth Warren, Senator Pocahontas, some might call her, has been pushing for a wealth tax, which means not just things you made this year, not just income you brought in, but any cash you have laying around. Gene, you have a safe full of money? 
we got to take a percentage of that every year. And that's where the scary part starts coming in. Yeah. When everything can be tracked where it's like, oh, no, we know you've got this money just sitting there. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? If you don't pay your taxes, we'll just turn off your cash. Well, We'll not just if you don't pay your taxes, we're going to turn off your cash. If you say the N word, we're going to shut off well, your cash. Okay, that's, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's moving even further. But I'm just saying, from purely financial standpoint, uh, m- moving from the paper with nothing electronic on it to a paper with RFID or plastic with RFID, whatever it is, um, would allow them to remotely, effectively, enable or disable the validity of your currency. Yes. It's almost like every every bill you have just becomes like a, a $1 or $5, $10. Becomes monopoly money. Cash card. You know? you know, like the cards you can buy at uh, Walgreens or something. I, I want to put 20 bucks on that on that uh, cash card. Right? Well, yeah, that's a good analogy because that then the, the price can go up or down. What it's worth can go up or down. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have with crypto. And I could make the case if I had to argue for a digital currency, I mean, there's plenty of reasons you could give, but the bottom line comes down to you kind of have to ignore the fact that they're a massive privacy grab and it's yeah. a power grab. Yeah, of course, because the control of, quote unquote, your money is not really yours. Yeah, if somebody can turn the $10 bill you have in your wallet off and you can't go use it at Starbucks now, yep, you are not free, man. Yeah, which is exactly what Trudeau is doing. With people that he suspects of having thoughts of him in blackface, right. which is he's he's telling the banks this account does not does not belong to this person anymore. It belongs to the Canadian uh, Revenue Service now. Now this and, kind and of he stuff, can though. do that completely ad hoc because of the declaration of emergency that that he's done. For the first time in history, it's never been done in Canada. It's meant for use when either somebody physically attacks Canada or there's massive, massive terrorist activities in Canada or some massive force of nature ends up destroying large parts of Canada and requires much quicker uh, new regulations to be processed. This was never obviously intended for dealing with Canadian citizens right. who are simply uh, wanting to register their disappointment in the way that the current government is run. Yes, this was never meant to be something used against their own citizens that are protesting. Right. But they have so the technology. This is the problem when assholes run governments. Yeah. Well, that, everybody does. That's, that's the problem. It's like China has it. We have it. Russia has it. Everybody has the technology to turn their country into a dictatorship. Right. Well, China and, actually is, but we saw what they were doing early on, which was the social credit score, which is, oh, you you threw up on the mass transit? Well, you can't use mass transit anymore. You know, I, I have to say there is some benefits to that. Well, I mean, I, yes. If you want to have a up. clean mass transit where you, you penalize people instantly by not allowing them to use it if they... If they dirty it, oh, my God, that makes it so much better for everybody else. I mean, New York could use that right now. Yeah. There is a middle ground, though, I think, between what's going on in New York, Chicago, L.A., where the leftist DAs won't prosecute any crime 
And yeah. the other side of that, which is even the smallest crimes will be dealt with with the most harshest of punishments. There's a balance that yeah. I think most people want. But I, I hey. think we've talked about it on an earlier episode. I'm pretty sure I brought it up, but I've been the big supporter of uh, removing any sort of decision making in terms of uh, penalties or prosecution from humans. That should all be done by a computer algorithm. It's the only way to ensure total fairness. And you can gamify, maybe that's the wrong word, but you can put a system together where it is very clear what your punishment should be, including things like past transgressions. Mm -hmm. And that would, it would take it out. Yes. You know, well, Mm -hmm. there's that. Yes. Financial transgressions by thinking about alternative currencies, which was very dangerous. To the government, it's dangerous to the whole country. I mean, you're bar- you're basically thinking of of uh, committing, uh, you know, terrorism, crypto cre- crypto treason, crypto treason. Yes, that's a good title <laughs> for the show. Crypto creep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, like even hoarding cash—that's clearly a criminal activity. And I, I will say, not only is it uh, in 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 our little joke a criminal activity. This was an actual prosecutable offense in the USSR shortly after the revolution. Um, I, I certainly don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about the early history of the USSR, but just that segment of it uh, from when the revolution happened in, in 1917 and then shortly thereafter, the communists take over because the actual first revolution was not by the communists. They didn't have the numbers. Can you believe it? People no. didn't didn't really support the communists. They didn't uh, want that but, kind of regime. But what they're really good at, the communists, is sneaking into organizations that already exist that are fairly democratic, and then utilizing the the way that those organizations operate with their their laws and principles to get themselves in and promptly change what the, those operating conditions are. Um, I'm certainly not going to compare this to the way that Biden got into office at all, but um, let me just focus on on the early days of the Soviet Union there. Uh, the the initial plan uh, tried to follow Marx, and oh, by the way, I got uh, we'll talk a little bit later about uh, the the reading that I'm doing of mine, uh, not mine. Oh my, I was going to say, wait a minute here, Gene. I've read that already in high school. No, I'm talking about, um, podcast, different podcasts, <laughs> different podcasts. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Wrong podcast, man. No, about, um, uh, what the hell's the book called? The, uh, uh, Karl Marx? Das Kapital, Das Kapital. Yeah. So I've been, I started reading it or listening to audiobook version. Um, I'm about 80 pages in, out of 690, I think, in the first volume. Maybe it's even, well, it depends how, what format it's in. It could be up to a thousand pages. Flies right by. You're listening at like two times uh, speed. I fell asleep three times. <laughs> it's boring as hell. Um, the entire first person that I'm starting to go through is basically giving like a college freshman level economics class description of how, uh, how really um, like economics works, like macroeconomics and microeconomics. It was 
it was not written as like a a quick hit piece to say, hey, I got a better way. You should follow me. It's it's literally a guy who's got more money and time, uh, which he did. I mean, both Marx and Engels were rich white dudes. Uh, ironically. Which is where all evil comes from. <laughs> it, it is. So, um, but, you know, I, I think it took him two years, two and a half years to write the first volume. And then, uh, like, I think five or six years to do the second and third. So there's a lot of, a lot of pages to go through. But this is relating to my plan of finding bits of Das Kapital by Karl Marx that are absolutely currently relevant and present the current conservative viewpoint because I, I know they're in there. So it, because things have sort of flip-flopped to where the elites are the ones wanting to uh, enslave, well, maybe they haven't flipped, but certainly the elites are, are wanting to add more controls to people's lives and to really go back and turn what are free men and women right now more into serfs. Um, well, and it's always under the label of a utopia, making society better. Yeah, of course, of course. But what we've got is oligarchy, uh, maybe not a complete one. I'll certainly grant you that, but, but very much progressing towards a deeper and deeper oligarchy in the United States. Um, and that is effectively what Das Kapital uh, is arguing against, is a, a state with very powerful corporations to a point where people's lives are essentially mapped out for them. They're told where to go, what to do, uh, when to eat, when to sleep, what to say who to talk to, and what to think. And that sounds an awful lot like what a lot of the current billionaire class want for the rest of us. So you really, when you, I mean, like I said, the first part of this book is just boring, but eventually I'll get to the meat and potatoes portions, uh, which is where I'm hoping to pull these quotes from, uh, and then creating episodes of Sir Gene Speaks that talk about that section of the book, is giving somebody kind of doing the man in the street interview style where you, you tell a quote that sounds like it might've come from, uh, you know, a, somebody, a conservative person, you pick, pick whichever one you want. Um, and then, you know, letting people know, well, that's actually Karl Marx talking about the proletariat and guess what? You're the proletariat. Well, yeah, it's not, you know, interestingly enough, it's not hard to find quotes from people like Hitler that the average person would go, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. things were pushed into such an extreme that yeah. really bad things happened, but not any one person is entirely evil. They everybody goes through different phases. Everybody goes through different stages. And plus, a lot of people lie. I've heard. Yes, that's true. and. And also, the, the term evil, to a large extent, is defined by the victor. Correct. It, like, imagine had Germany won and conquered all of Europe. Well, who would be evil in the school books at that point? Well, the, the Jews, they obviously. Conquered, of course. <laughs> yeah. The Jews, the gypsies, the Russians, you know, the, the Americans, 
Um, this is why I love stuff that's kind of alternative uh, timeline, like uh, Man in the High Castle. Have you watched that? I have not. Oh, there's another another video recommendation for you. Uh, so that I think it's either on Netflix or on Amazon, one of those two, or your thievery services, whatever those are called. <laughs> it's the internet. You can get anything uh, which, you want. Yes, and I I do get anything I want. It's just all done legally, but um, uh. But that's another good series to watch. And it, it, it fairly closely, although not completely, but fairly closely followed the books um, or the, the book. But it's um, the idea is that when it starts, just like literally episode one, you'll see this, is you've got a uh, 1950s American family that's very uh, Leave it to Beaver-ish. See, now Leave it's, it to Beaver, that I've seen the whole series. Sure. I, I bet you have. Uh, but, uh, and a lot of our audience probably has as well, but not everybody. Um, but you know, it's wholesome, wholesome family, uh, with the loving mom that's at home and the dad that's going to go to work. Except dad just put on an SS uniform as he's going to work. Oh, the undercurrent of evil. Because he is, uh, the Germans conquered. They won. They, they conquered the United States. The United States was split down the Rockies between Japan and Germany. And, um, so what did uh, Japan get California? They got screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Japan got California, Oregon, you know, the, the whole coast basically. And the uh, Japanese are more sort of traditional. They're using all the Californians as, um, you know, service labor, not slave labor, but like service industry, like, you know, people that are, Cleaning their floors and bringing right, like what people would say Amazon or Walmart are doing to people today. Uh, yeah, some people would, sure, sure, but uh, but it's a we're very well done. It's it's a great visually portrayal of that kind of alternative, and I'm not going to spoil the rest of it where it goes and everything, but but essentially just seeing that presentation of. Uh, how things could have been, I think makes a lot of, well, I hope it makes people think of the fact that we're not really that far from that version of history. It was just a few particular acts uh, that made Hitler um, end up being the loser and not the winner. Like bringing in high-tech equipment and men without heavy coats into Russia in the winter. Uh, and the same thing with Japan. It is uh, focusing too much on, um, on expanding too quickly. Like there was no need to attack Pearl Harbor when they did. They should have solidified their bases in the Philippines, uh, in Indonesia and in uh, uh, Korea and then attacked the United States but only at a point where Germany was already uh, capable and then close to taking over England. Like the timing was off for them. This is what this show is all about. We, we advise like old enemies on what they should have done better. <laughs> right. Well, well yes. even with what's going on now, a lot of it is point of view. I am guessing there is a, decent percentage of the canadian citizenry 
that's going, yeah, screw those truckers, man. Ruin them. See what they were doing? Last uh, numbers I heard were 16%. That's a sizable. Lot. It's a lot. Yeah, when it, it comes down to uh, when it comes down to it. It's like you're you're giving up your freedoms for what right. you are vilifying somebody for what? What's that side of the bell curve, right? That 16% is more of a sliver than a uh, mid portion of the bell curve, which is and right the- about the amount that I always hear as far as people that are dyed in the wool liberals yeah. in the United there, States. This is what we typically refer to the ex, as the extreme blank. The true believers. So people that will not be changing their minds. Yes. And so you have 16 on one side, 16 on the other side. So you've got then uh, what? Uh, that's uh, 32. You want me to do math in the I middle? Don't know, 60 68, 68% of what, the middle. Minus, uh, yeah. So it, it's it's that group. I just realized I didn't finish the Russia story. So after the revolution, after the communists came in, um, they they gave the land that the Serbs were working for uh, for the Tsar um, to the Serbs. And as you can imagine, those Serbs that were entrepreneurial, pre- uh, the previous Serbs, now no longer Serbs, that were entrepreneurial and hardworking and started hiring people, growing and, uh, you know, uh, mostly farmland, producing excess goods that they could sell, which allowed them to then buy more land from other people. And they ended up uh, getting too big for their britches for the communists. So effectively, the most entrepreneurial, the most successful people then had to be demonized because they were leaving everybody else in the dust. And it seemed like all that USSR, uh, USSR was going to do was go from a surf society to a society dominated by, you know, rich people who had recently acquired their wealth through hard work mostly. But right. nonetheless, it created a lot of inequity. Ooh, and equity so, is the buzzword of the yeah. day. Uh, yes. If, if you're looking for that for your bingo card, the, the word of the day is inequity. Um, and so uh, the, the Soviets ended up creating this villain out of these successful people um, and effectively uh, making all the other serfs be justifiable in, you know, damaging their farms, setting fire to their places, whatever. And ultimately uh, the ones that made, made it through the harassment phase were then rounded up and sent to gulags. Well, it's the same thing as they taught with the weather underground, which is the rich are bad. You have to get rid of the rich. Well, and and there is some truth to it, and that's why I'm I'm going through Das Kapital. Yes, there are some bad rich people. There, there are. Well, there's two things. There are some bad rich people. A higher percentage, I would say, uh, that are bad rich people than bad poor people. Actually, that's not true. Yeah, I was going to say the middle. I would would probably debate that. Right, the middle again of that bell curve is where you have the least bad. The the really rich and the really poor is where you have. A lot more crime happening. Uh, so the idea of the, the thing that being rich gives you is it gives you more power initially over yourself, but ultimately over other people. 
So if you're if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year in the United States right now, you're basically just making enough to eat, to have a place over your head, a roof over your head, to pay some basic bills, have a car, uh, you know, pay for Amazon Prime, which is now what two hundred bucks. Yeah, one seventy nine um, something. Like yeah, that. yeah. So, and I, I heard that Netflix raised their rates. That's hilarious to me that these companies are raising prices. Well, because uh, the cost of everything's going up, thanks to Uncle Joe. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. The official rate, I think, is six and a half percent or six and three quarters for inflation, which means the unofficial one's more like twelve. Well, yeah, I mean, they're talking that the average family, like thirty five hundred, four thousand a year more, just to buy the stuff you need. The same stuff. People cannot absorb yeah. that most. Of well, them. and that, that's so that's kind of the point I'm, I'm making with this $50,000 person. Like if money is devalued by 6%, they're a lot more screwed than the guy who makes $100,000 who, you know, still had the same expenses. Right. But had a bigger buffer. Right. And that buffer. buffer would be used for, you know, fun stuff to buy maybe or, or more expensive versions of things or the rainy day fund if they're smart yeah maybe they're they're just saving money but now they're no longer able to do that so uh but it's still a better position to be in then you take a guy that's making a million a year well he sees no difference with inflation whatsoever the the six percent inflation uh may make him actually save more and spend less on uh, fun toys like uh, you know, three hundred thousand dollar boats. Right, let's say the uh, the yeah, million, not hundred million, whatever. But uh, point being is, but Bezos uh, isn't price shopping. When he goes looking for well, a boat. He's also not just a, a millionaire; he's a billionaire. So the higher up you go in that line, the less things like inflation or even COVID really affect you, because money does allow you to bypass these things and not worry about it. And and this is where the 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 sort of hate the rich thing comes from is because uh, when times are good, it doesn't matter if 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 you make fifty thousand or five million a year, you're you're both getting more than you did the previous year, and you both are feeling the effects of that. But if you're uh, if times are getting worse, the people that feel it. Are typically the poor much more so than the rich yes they're definitely the first to feel it and they don't have the ability to absorb it so it yep. does then add to that whole which is why you go down the conspiracy theory of what well, was this all planned because we know the people that want to totally destroy the current system in the united states know the system has to crash and yeah. a great way to crash the system is horrible inflation. Glenn Beck, going back to when I start listening to political talk radio again, which is going back mm-hmm. over a decade now, was all Weimar Republic, Weimar, read about the Weimar Republic. And yep. we may be getting close to that, where you need yeah, we, a yeah. wheelbarrow full <laughs> of dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, the, the just imagine if your money doesn't even have a number on it, it it's it's just a piece of paper or plastic with a chip that and the chip tells the register the value so you can go from uh from uh a dollar bill being a dollar bill to a dollar bill being a five dollar bill 
digitally without having to print new money. Well, and it could be worthless just because you're now on a list and they're like, oh, Gene, he he said something well, we yes. didn't like in public. So exactly. He's no exactly. longer a member. Luckily, the- nobody ever hears me in public. So no <laughs> risk of that. Nobody's ever seen you. Although, wait, no, they saw you at the Nashville meetup. They Well, yes, I, I wasn't going to say anything. You were you were undercover. I was incognito. Very incognito. I you can't were, believe you got that photo of me. You were in How'd a different state. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, it's amazing. I'm usually in a different state. <laughs> usually in an altered state. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I thought you really kind of have a similar everything as yeah. Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. I thought there was a... Yeah, I mean, we're almost twins. I think I, I have a little more... Um, longer beard? Gray hair. Yeah, yes. gray hair. Yes. Yeah. A little more gray. But you could you mm-hmm. could dye that. I I could. It's too much trouble. But I remember like being in Italy in the seventies when the uh the prices were being inflated tremendously, the currency was being inflated, and uh the the sort of the base unit that we were using at the time was the millilira. So a thousand lira. So like it it went from where, you know, one lira was worth something enough to where it was the equivalent of a dollar, you know, a small buying unit, where you literally were using $1,000 bill equivalents just to buy a stick of gum or something. Right. Which is why I worry about people that put a lot of money in crypto, because it could become worthless overnight, much more quickly, I think, than the United mm-hmm. States dollar. Although, I mean, I don't believe the United States dollar is in great shape, but... no. Crypto, I don't know. I'm still not sold. I know there's a lot of people that believe yeah. this is uh, the future. I'm not, not giving financial advice here, but honestly, in my experience, the thing that holds its value the most when times start getting tougher is not gold, it's not cash, it's not crypto, it's guns. The value of every gun that I've sold has been higher than what I paid for it. So don't invest in Lego, invest in guns. Lego is a god-awful investment. No, don't do that. <laughs> Unless you use Legos in to, shotgun to shells, make, which I make I recently saw a video of a guy that did that. He put the little Lego dude heads uh, in the tip of the uh, shotgun shells. They work as buckshot? Um, not as buckshot, as uh, slug. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, they melt right through Kevlar. I mean, Lego talks about nice part usage. That's really mm-hmm. nice parts usage. <laughs> Apparently. Lethal. Lethal. Well, parts only usage. with enough, you know, force behind it. You're not going to use your thumb to push a Lego through a vest or anything. No, not uh, unless you're really mad. <laughs> I, I, good luck trying. But it, it's, um, yeah, guns have, I mean, I was kind of kicking myself for selling a couple of guns last year that have gone up by 35% this year. And why? Is that market moving up? It's not just inflation, obviously. It's, it's uh, not just inflation. Uh, I think part of it is just there's a lot more people willing to buy guns today than there were a year or two ago. And the worse the economy gets, the bigger the number of people realizing that, mm, you know, I might, uh, I might need one of these things or a couple or 10 is starting to increase. So it's not that they're going up in a collectible manner. They're just more people that want them, think they need them for safety and security. Yeah. And are yeah. Willing I mean, to purchase. 
Yeah, I, I'm certainly not what I would describe as a arms dealer by any means. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Because some of the three-letter agencies, they hear that and they're immediately <laughs> negative about it. So, yeah, I mean, North Korea, uh, nuclear weapons, biological weapons. I wouldn't know. Oh, is that why you were in North things. Korea? I didn't. I mean, I saw. Where did you get a picture with, of me in North Korea? Uh, it was you and uh, Kim Jong Un? He, him, Dennis Rodman. You guys were all out having yeah, fun. I don't look anything like Dennis Rodman, dude. <laughs> no, you were with Rodman and Kim Jong Un. No, definitely not. No, no, I'm, I'm not a fan of. Uh, so, that particular sport. So to so say, you, you, you'll hang out with Kim Jong Un, but Rodman's where you draw the line. Uh, I, 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 let's just say I, I probably would not hang out with Rodman. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, but the um, uh, the the price of ammo seems to be going back down, which is good. So people should stock up. Well, uh, like, there not- was a while where people were getting a little paranoid. Mm-hmm. There was also a bunch of legislation that some states were pushing for for taxing on ammo. And I think people were like, I should really mm-hmm. uh, I should stock up all I can, like getting your cash into a safe yeah. before the crap hits the fan. Same thing. It's it's eased up. And ironically, uh, Ishmash had their best year ever for U.S. exports for ammo. So Russian ammo coming into the U.S. Is it good stuff? Uh, it's horrible stuff. I would not recommend using it at all. It damages most weapons. It's cheaply made, but they, they sold more of it. They, they sold more for people that are importing in the U S. So the, like the manufacturers sold the most going to the U S last year than any previous year ever. So a lot of people buying it. And I mean, it makes sense that like normal American company, gun companies, uh, ammo companies, would be selling a lot, but it was kind of ironic because the U S government keeps trying to, you know, create all these, uh, uh, barriers to Russian commerce in the U S and yet one of the most hot selling items is Russian ammunition. A lot of the stuff they do doesn't make sense. They want to go after those gun dealers, Gene, don't you know, because all the gangbangers in Chicago, yeah. they go to a gun store to buy their weapon. It's just, it's a well-known yeah. fact. And, and, and now they have to rob people more because those guns are more expensive. Right. So this is a horrible it's a vicious cycle. So yes, it is. It's a horrible cycle. Yeah. And, and right now, if anyone's just curious, because I know I'm going to get messages coming to me on this, uh, the, uh, the guns, the gun manufacturer that I've been looking at that is looking pretty pretty cool right now in terms of their new models is um iwi i am not familiar with iwi so it's a um it's the israeli weapons industry oh yeah well they know weapons uh well they 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 mostly buy our shit frankly but uh uh but iwi does have a few guns that have been updated like tavor x95 ts12 and, uh, man, I'm, I'm really digging these. I might have to pick up one of each. Sounds like you need to get out to Chirac. We need to have a meetup, a shoot up. <laughs> a in, shoot out in Chirac. Yeah. I mean, what, what better place? It would be a hell of a way yeah. to do a meetup. Yeah. Well, Texas might be a better place because we can just go to the range here, but yeah. yeah. No, that's not as much fun. You don't have the, nearly the chance of getting killed on the way to the range as you would here. <laughs> that's, that's probably very true. Yes. Here, you kind of feel like you're going on a mission. You feel like you're a part of the A-team when you're mm. going to the range here. You're like, get in the van, that, and you're like, that, looking that, around. Right. That, that, that. Yep. 
I mean, I could be Howling Love Man. Love that Murdoch. show. That was a great show. Yeah, you, you kind of seem like a Hannibal sort. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just a little older, but sure. A little cheesy, always with a cigar. I used to have a cigar in my mouth all the time, man. That is a show I watched a couple episodes, and it held up fairly well, which is kind of sad. Um, what, the A-team? The A-team, yes. Yeah. I pity the fool. <laughs> Mr. T, man. He was big back in the day. I think he's still pretty big. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think is popular, babe. I mean, big is oh, oh, popular, sure. not uh, size-wise. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But in these troubling well, times, it's nice to have a show like that. Whose bodyguard was he? He was somebody famous bodyguard, like Muhammad Ali or somebody. Right. That's how he started. I don't remember yeah. who it was. Yeah. But exactly. he had that charisma. And, and he had a mohawk. Right. Yeah, There's that, uh, that helps. There was a wacky weenie that they used to play on Jonathan Brandmeier's show, which is basically the same as the No Agenda producers who do all the parodies. Mm-hmm. And there was one called Nice Head Mr. T, which you could probably find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Hilarious mm-hmm. stuff. But that's it, man. I mean, that's what he's known for. The yeah. Big, the big mohawk. Yeah. And, and wearing all the gold chains. Lots of gold chains. Yeah. Sure. Like, what are you, like down 30 pounds chains. or something. Uh-huh. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, if you fall into a lake, you're going to the bottom kind of weight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, what have you been up to? I feel like I've been talking on, like, the whole episode, which never happens, of course. But well, No, of course. No, that never happens yeah. at all. I'm just here living the good life in Chirac. Yep. Not like there's anything that ever exciting goes on around here. Still healthy. Still have not caught the COVID, which I probably shouldn't say that because you're you're like the last one of the last handful of people now. I know you and Curry were like, ah, we're never <laughs> getting this, and now you, you, yeah. everybody's fallen. Yeah, no, we're we're still pure bloods, but at the same time, we're now immune as well. That's pretty cool. You know, just me podcasting, doing the usual thing. Random thoughts, great show. R e n d u m b thoughts dot com. I've not then, listened to the last episode. I have to confess. Oh, you have to catch up then. Yeah, Planet Rage, Planet Rage dot show. Another great show. If if your hearing goes that low, sure. If your hearing goes that low for uh, Larry and I, we're doing a uh, live show after No Agenda on the twenty seventh Sunday. Okay. I mean, hey, maybe you should join us for Planet Rage. That'd be a good, good little mashup. I could probably do that. I mean, I know you on the weekend. You're you're usually out cavorting. And stuff uh, well, like especially that. after having COVID, because now I can't get it anymore. So I'm cavorting a lot more. Do you, okay, so do you feel differently at all? Because it's not like you were afraid of it in the first place. No, that you no, were. I don't feel differently at all. But it's fun to say that, like, I, I literally don't care about it anymore. It's like it's not even a blip on my radar. But I believe there's a lot of people that, in your case, were doing everything all being very cautious, then catch it. And then you mm-hmm. have to feel like, you know, if you live, you have to feel <laughs> really good afterwards. Like, oh, well, I, I could start going out and licking like toilet seats. This is great. Yeah. 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 Um, it's I, I, I mean, if you like licking toilet seats, I guess you could. But I think for me, the biggest thing was just um, it wasn't that I was worried about catching COVID or anything like that. I was just, uh, just kind of had on the back of my mind of the convenience of the time when it happens. Like I always assumed I would get it at some point. Right. But you just never know when, and you don't know if it's going to be 
like a few days before you're planning a vacation trip. Right. It's kind of like death. You never know where it is. Yeah. And I, I did, as a result of my uh, COVID, end up canceling a trip to Mexico. Because remember I told you I was going to do an international trip? Well, that's barely international. And still, it's flying out of the country. Could have made an arms deal in Mexico, I guess. You never know. I just did it all over the phone. Right. That's what Skype is for. <laughs> yes. Microsoft not listening I at think all. Skype actually is just for arms deals because nobody else <laughs> uses it. Everybody else prefers to use the Chinese version. I could see that. Yeah. I, could, I can definitely see that. But the Chinese versions Zoom. might be way more secure. Zoom? I don't think so. Depends. It's just different people listening, I guess. Well, I yeah. I mean, like, I think people used to listen to Skype. Well, first of all, if you recall, when Skype first came out, one of their big, huge benefits was a proprietary, non-open algorithm for encryption. Right. So, and it was based, there's Cyprus or South Africa. It was one of those places. So it was one of those places where you kind of think like, okay, so they're targeting clearly drug lords. And therefore, their product has to be good. You would think. You would think. And so that got everybody else to start using Skype. But um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe the whole COVID thing was just paid for by the marketing for Zoom. They did get a lot of usage. Dude, insane amount. Like Zoom became the same type of word as Xerox. It's used interchangeably. <laughs> Or a meeting with your coworkers. Yeah, we're going to zoom that. That's true. That is true. And so why not? They could have totally just, this is a, a new form of marketing. So Search much data. Marketing. So much information for people that don't know how to secure their communications, which is a vast majority of the world. Mm -hmm. Which really led me to all the questions I had for what's come out on the Durham report which I talked about extensively in Random Thoughts, but since you haven't listened to that, no. a lot of this was a company that had a contract with the federal government that obviously mm -hmm. then had software or the ability to get into servers that Donald Trump was using mm -hmm. and monitor things. But the stuff they were talking about monitoring, the one big one that popped out was DNS records. And I'm thinking, mm. does nobody know about VPNs? Does nobody know how to encrypt this stuff? Why would uh, why would you be leaving this stuff out in the open? It just seemed to me that, I mean, I get it. It's a felony to spy and hack and do the stuff they have. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what were you really expecting to get? Although Hillary left a wide open email server. So maybe politician people aren't all that smart. Well, we know that it's a, it's a question of how smart are the staffers, right? How smart are your tech guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your dude's name, Ben, because they were using this to try to put together a connection of Donald Trump and somebody in Russia or everybody in Russia or just generic Russians. Mm -hmm. If Donald Trump had good tech people, I could do a voice call to Russia and my ISP would not be able to understand what was going on yeah, yeah. so I, it just it it adds to the weirdness of this it's not like you know you go back and they're making the comparisons to watergate but it was a much simpler world when you were spying when the watergate years 
trying to uh, intercept yeah. the digital communications way harder. Interception isn't harder. That's been done for quite a long time. That 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 happens at a few choke points uh, going into the underseas cables. But having not just the computer power, but also the uh, the knowledge of what to look for. That's the hard part. There's just too much noise. Yes. What to look for and then to be able to decrypt that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I know for a long time, NSA was hiring people that had degrees in library science. Interesting. Yeah, because they want people that have already learned how to organize things and then they'll train them further. That would make sense. I mean, there's plenty of other degrees they were also looking for, but that was one that stood out to me. It was was an interesting one. Well, some very specific knowledge, some very specific specialties. And there is such a massive amount of data moving across all of these machines. The reality is to get the mother load most of the time, you would have to be at the end point. You would have to have really gotten to the devices being used to where you could monitor everything going on. And because everything has to be unencrypted, obviously, if I make a voice call to you in Russia, Gene, Mm -hmm. when that data gets back to my device, it has to know where I'm at. Right. You know, it's got it's got to work. It's got to decrypt it so I can hear. But I mean, I don't necessarily know where you are. Right. Which is the beauty of things like the Tor network, although that can be very slow and running through other Tor network. Yes. That was specifically created as a honey trap. Yes. Because that's what the criminals go to. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, have you heard of this cool new tool for us criminal types? Here, (laughs) let me show you how it works. Did you do the commercial for this, Gene? It sounds I like did. I did. I did. I did one of their uh, promos. Yeah, for us criminal funny. types. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you want to, you know, you want to like be chummy with the audience. Hey, the some of the yeah. stuff that has happened over the past few years, where the governmental agencies were the ones providing the secure network devices mm-hmm. for the criminals to use, and they thought they're buying them from, you know, people that were trying to protect their secrets rather than well, those we, we have a history of the government entities in not just this country and other countries being the the most common ones to sell destructive materials and equipment to uh people that they're trying to apprehend entrapment baby yeah not every country has laws against that interestingly enough mm-hmm. so what do you think about what's going on with the uh, ukraine what you mean nothing Right. Yeah, I think I, I think it's pretty funny. I mean, it's a, a continuing story of escalation, but mm. the stories coming out are so very different from the reports that oh well, no, Russia is backing off. They're moving away from Ukraine, mm. and of course, you know, NATO's like, oh no, we don't, we don't see that at all. Yeah, no, we see like a million extra new people showing up, uh, yes. but we can't show you. That's It's classified. You know, one of them's a lie and one of them's fake news because you're getting two exact opposite reports. Well, technically, I mean, a million would be a stretch, but they could technically both be true because some exercises are over with units moving back to their uh, barracks and, and other exercises could just be starting. So it's. That's the beauty of reality is that 
you can walk around an elephant and have a completely different perspective on what it's made of. True. You know that analogy, right? So you have nine experts that that all have really dark glasses on and they're inspecting an elephant to describe what it is. And then one says, well, it's clearly similar to a snake. And then another one, you know, because he's holding his tail. And then another one is like, uh, it's, it's massive like a uh, rhinoceros uh, because it's got these gigantic feet. And another one is like, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's like a bat that's got this really thin membrane that's huge that allows it to fly the ears. Right. You can't yeah, see so the forest every, for the trees. Every, yeah. If you don't know the full picture that you're looking at, if, if you're limited in your perspective, which most politicians are extremely so, then your assumptions are going to be skewed by uh, the available and sometimes the filtered data that you have. I think what we have is Vladimir Putin showing us he has a great sense of humor. Which he, he has had always. Like from his, I think one of the earliest uh, videos I saw was when he was in his late 20s, where he was filmed joking around with people. He knows the state of the United States. He knows the state of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. He knows the state of the people that are in charge here. Mm-hmm. And he's just screwing with them. I think there is quite a bit of that happening. This yeah. just otherwise doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But for anybody who uh, bothers going on the internet to find Russian videos of him that have subtitles, he literally says what he's doing. He's like the the increased militarization of Ukraine and the possibility of it entering NATO is going to embolden, maybe not now, but at some point, Ukraine to do a first strike against Russia by trying to take Crimea, which, as I've pointed out numerous times, has always been Russia. Literally go back 800 years, and the only shifting of that territory is between the, the Tartars, which are really sort of part of the Mongolian hordes, the Turkish uh well pre-turkish i guess it would be the uh the ottoman empire and russia there was no ukraine ever that was laying claim to that piece of land uh even when ukraine existed on maps which was generally very short periods of time because it, it may have been part of poland at least a part of it it may have been part of uh russia during the imperial times um but that area of Crimea, where I have relatives, um, absolutely has been part of Russia historically. The population is, I think it's over 80 or 85 percent native Russians because it's Russia. And the only thing that happened was that Stalin, uh, when they were drawing maps of the USSR, Decided for whatever reason, whether he thought about it and did it on purpose or whether it was accidental, kind of like the little slip on the north tip of Minnesota going into Canadian territory, which literally was a slip of the pen, was not negotiated at all. Um, whether it was that or, you know, on purpose, he, he just made that part of Ukraine because it was right next to Ukraine. But historically, I mean, that's that's Russia. 
And that would kind of be the same as, well, the United States is putting a lot of troops in you know, Miami, the southern tip of Florida. And that's that's really an aggressive stance towards Cuba. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but until you actually go into the other territory, nothing's really going on except schoolyard games of na 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 na. It's posturing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's playing chicken, it's posturing. It's whatever you wanna <clears throat> whatever you want to describe it as. And war is really different now. Russia has other things to worry about. If they go into Ukraine, it's very possible that the United States goes to all the banks that operate in the United States no longer operate in any uh, Russian area. There's a lot of stuff that can be done. Well, U.S. actually froze, uh, I think, most Russian assets in the United States back during Obama's time. There's a lot of stuff that can be done. I mean, this is yeah. a simple war is but, not simple. Here, here's the thing that sort of invalidates a lot of the um, the fear mongering going on from the U.S. side is that the U.S. started. Well, I think uh, all the fear mongering is just to screw with the stock prices personally. Could, well, I think there are multiple reasons for the fear mongering, but um, but shaking their fists at Russia because the United States started quite a long time ago. Uh, this this idea of we're going to do an uh, embargo and um, you know limiting trade, limiting access to Russia. Uh, I think as, maybe even as far back as Clinton, frankly, if not Clinton, then certainly. Bush and Obama were both doing it. So it's been happening for a long time. And I remember uh, listening to a presentation that Putin was making where he said thank you to the United States and to those presidents because, because while their intent may have actually been to punish us, what they did was they forced us to grow up faster. And by growing up, what he's referring to is to become more self-sufficient to establish ties outside of the United States, to make sure that uh, the production of raw materials in Russia assumes that they're not buying any materials from the West. Uh, Same thing with food. So like you can't assume you'll be buying European food or American food. So you have to make contingency plans. You establish deals with Mongolia, with China, with India with other countries that um, maybe Iran, I don't know that, that have no problem trading with you, but you wouldn't have had deals with them if you would have been able to buy American, you know, grain and from Iowa or whatever, just pulling that out of thin air. So it's by cutting off access to commerce and forcing Russia to be more self-sufficient in a lot of ways that, that happening over a decade or longer now, more than a decade's worth of time, it's kind of prepared Russia to be more autonomous, to be able to not worry about losing access to certain things. Imagine what the United States turns into if all of a sudden it loses access through embargo by China. China says, you know what? All trade with the U.S. stops today. How many days do you think the United States is still a country before people are running around like zombies because they're hungry? Not many. Not many. And that is a problem. We've got a slowdown happening because California. Well, um, yeah, the the ships that can't get into the uh, the ports. 
Yeah. And, and what, you don't think that this is also something that China is actively testing to see what kind of impacts uh, an embargo would have on the United States? China is holding the United States by the balls right now. And the current administration is telling him squeeze harder. Yes. And the previous administration is the analog to Russia, which was be self-sufficient. Don't go outside for energy. Don't go outside for food. This don't- is why Putin got along with Trump. Yes. I, I mean, they, they had plenty of disagreements, but their core uh, area of agreement was that they're both for my country first. And that's a healthy stance if you're the president of that country. Well, it gives you the autonomy to be able to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like you're seeing in Canada. I mean, your bank account as an individual is going to go <laughs> right. away. Yeah. You don't your have bank- that autonomy. Well, that's your, bad. It's crazy. Your bank account, your driver's license goes away. Uh, your car belongs to the, uh, the, the country now instead of you. I mean, like all these things with just a flick of the wrist because uh, the, the current dictator of Canada was able to declare this emergency. Hey, well, Hillary Clinton told us it takes a village, Gene, to raise your children. Well, apparently it only takes one dude up in Canada. Eh? <laughs> well, he's really, he's a good dude. And, and he's only doing it for the safety of all Canadians. Because it's just a small minority of Nazis up there in Canada who happen to all be truck drivers that are trying to, you know, kill everybody else with COVID. Even though it's one of the most, uh, one of the countries that has had the most shots done like most of the people in canada are vaccinated and he's doing this (laughs) well yes these are the things that don't make sense these are the things that don't make sense like we had a catholic school teacher here in the area which i knew the Mm -hmm. guy because he was uh, a teacher at my high school and i was there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that sent out an email saying yeah we're not going to do the mask thing anymore i'm just it's bad for the children four hours later he was fired mm-hmm. and it seems that this is going to happen anyway. They're going to mm-hmm. be lifting these mandates very shortly. So this is again, a very scary thing to watch of the people bowing down to the authoritarian yeah. stuff that it's like, well, wait, why, why do I need to do this? Cause this is on the decline. Now it's all going away. That's like, now we're going to, we're going to ramp up. It's like, it doesn't make sense to be ramping up now. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't call myself a prepper. No, but, but I bet you have uh, certain stocks of certain things on hand. Well, yeah, I, I have a, a generator with sufficient gasoline to run a sufficient amount of time. Okay, wait. So you don't? You're not a prepper, but you have not a generator. A you have weapons. You have ammunition. You have. Uh, do you have the? Uh, what do they call the the foods that last like for years? Uh, yeah, MREs. Yeah, I, I have probably six months supply of. Uh, <laughs> MREs. But you're not a prepper. I'm not a prepper. And the MREs are really tasty. It's really hard not to eat them just to eat them because, and, and just to hold back, like eat normal food because they actually taste really good. I get the really high quality ones. Well, obviously, um, if you're eating, see, that's the thing. Here's if you want, okay, and I guaranteed for 30 years. Here's a pro tip from Sir Gene buy the really crappy tasting MREs and you'll have them when you need them. Uh, crappy tasting. No, good tasting. No, no, you buy the crappy ones though. Then you won't eat them now. For oh, pleasure. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Ah, okay. So when okay. the time comes, you know, when you're like, oh, I really need food, and you're like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have had that cheesecake MRE. 
Yeah, well, the one that's really good is the Raspberry Crumble MRE. <laughs> you have a you have a compound, don't you? I mean, this is basically what we're hearing here. I know I do not have a compound. I just live you, in a little house. You have an attack snake. <laughs> attack snake, please. A He's a super friendly pet. It's a rarity until it kills you. Every animal's friendly until it kills you, Gene. This this is a very very friendly raised from a baby uh 18 foot snake that's all just 18 that's that's pretty small yeah that's all he's gotten to 100 pounds you said or so uh, a little over 100 pounds yeah well you're feeding them better i mean almost he almost outweighed you after you lost all that weight <laughs> with the covid <laughs> with the covid was he looking not at you close. like mm, dinner not even close no no he's he's <laughs> sleeping over by uh, by the heater right now I over by there up. in the in the over gene. there he's spooled up just like a cartoon snake into a little circle um but no, I, I'm just saying that there are certain things that if you're going to buy anyway, like the prices have come down a little bit. Prices on MREs have come down. Uh, like I just bought another 500 bucks worth just to add to them. Uh, the prices on ammo are down, so you can get ammo a little bit cheaper. Yes, be prepared. I, I have not bought ammo since 2000. Who was president? 2009. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wish. And I had a I had a container's worth. I, I wish we had a big freezer because I would have had that loaded up with meat already mm. with everything going up, up and up. It's not even just being prepared. Yeah. If all of your meat has gone up 10, 15 percent and you mm. were able to buy it before it went up, you're saving a and lot of money. You are saving a lot of money. And you know what? You just reminded me of something. I need to start looking at freezer soon. I don't have one of those. Well, there you go. If anybody I'm, can hook up Gene with a big freezer. Yeah. If you, if you know, uh, like, give me some quality stats on freezers. Which brand is the best? What's best is, to uh, hold a body long term? Uh, bathtub. Right. Well, no, that's, <laughs> we, we learned that from oh, Breaking okay. Bad. Okay. You have a body and you what's some muriatic acid and your problems are solved. You know, it's funny because you could get muriatic acid at any pool store, like, yeah. Home Depot, yeah. yeah, or at Home Depot as well because they have all the mm-hmm. pool supplies. Yep, it's perfectly legal. Just don't go buying like <laughs> two thousand gallons at a time. But yeah, that that might be a wee bit excessive, even if you pay cash or in other untrackable. <laughs> yeah, allegedly, I'd like to buy these two thousand pounds of an acid. Um, okay, what are you uh, using them uh, for? That's, I don't know. That's no, they don't ask you that, but they're like, well, not at home. People. All right, that's thirteen hundred dollars and twenty six cents. All but right. you know, it's putting One, a blip two, three, onto a computer four. screen somewhere. Exactly. Well, I mean that—that's the other thing is that obviously every podcast that ever gets created and every YouTube video that ever gets created, uh, they do the transcription service, and the only way to get it though is with a Freedom of Information Act request. But you know anything that that you upload to anywhere there is a copy of at the nsa well at least i hope they're enjoying it well and that's why i said there's so much noise it's hard to isolate so that's why you have to use all the words combined together you're right this is why looking for just a specific nuclear biological no don't keep saying those words (laughs) if all of these words are in one file then we need to pay attention Uh Uh, exactly that's how that's how the uh, data intelligence works on that. It just like looks for contextual clues to what people are talking about. Um, so, 
And then but, he's, yeah. he's reading Marx and uh, there's all sorts oh, of That's right. Reading Marx. Exactly right. <laughs> if you're listening at No Such Agency and you're enjoying what you're hearing, we highly recommend you go it's to- It's a weekly thing. You can listen to us. You can subscribe. Yes. Go to unrelenting.show slash donate and support the show. It's something that- Crank podcast. Crank podcast. <laughs> makes you feel good. It is a value for value show. So you get to put any number you want on it. Mm -hmm. And then you get to go to that address, unrelenting.show slash donate, click the donate button, use the QR codes, use the snail mail address, whichever way you want to go. And we do have a few people to thank for today. Josh Mandel coming in at $5 with an executive producership. Believe it or not, five bucks. What a bargain. Wow. That's what it gets you an executive producership. Holy shit. Well, it is when you're the highest donation. (laughs) He says, really enjoying the unrelenting show. And we appreciate that. Josh, go tell like 13 million people if, <laughs> if, if you can that would be really appreciated we, that's great yes we I'll, want I'll to, agree with that we want to expand the audience uh buddy sir kilgore trout coming in with his 330 monthly brian hall coming in with his 293 monthly and uh that, that's not going to buy you any mres this week gene but we're getting no there. mres are not that cheap this is a slow Actually, burn all those donations combined maybe buy one would well yet yeah, wouldn't get About you nine bucks. Wouldn't get you two coffees at Starbucks. That's for sure. No, no, that's would get true. you one and a tip. Uh, you tip at Starbucks every now and then. I mean, come hmm. on, a buck. What's a I, buck? I just, I Is it never just a tip scam? at Starbucks. <laughs> She's like, screw those Starbucks people. No, I mean, I, I'll tip at like an independent place, but Starbucks just kind of feels like McDonald's. Like, why would you tip at McDonald's? I guess that's true. I've never thought of wanting Starbucks to is the McDonald's. fast food of coffee, but some baristas are better than others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you start chatting one up when you get her number, sure. <laughs> see, this then is you where, want to tip her a 20. Now I see where Jean's doing the tipping. <laughs> like, uh, oh, just some dude. No, no tipping. Oh, attractive young lady. Hi, my name is Jean. Sir, there's Jean. a nice, here's a nice tip for you with my number. Out. <laughs> see, you can't put your number. On Bitcoin, but you can on a on a real paper, yeah, yeah paper right. bills. Mm-hmm. You can certainly do that, which yeah. is another big change in the way all this stuff works. Yeah, most people still, I think, use their cash, debit, or credit cards. Yes, well, because it's convenient, and that is exactly where. Mm-hmm. See, most people in the United States now would be well if that happened to me. If all of a sudden I couldn't use. My debit card, no big deal. Mm-hmm. I would go get cash. It's like, well, until the bank won't give you cash. Yeah, that's why you want to, like I said at the beginning of the show, not giving any kind of advice or anything, but may not be a bad idea. Just take out some money every week from the bank, like more than you put in. But it's also then important to have someplace safe to put it. Yeah, like a sock. <laughs> no, not like a Well, unless you're putting that sock in a in high a safe. quality safe. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I think for. Just to prevent home robbery type stuff, people will assume a safe has valuables and they'll assume jewelry boxes have valuables. Right. They're not going to go and plow through your freaking underwear and socks unless like they're really professionals, you know? Right. I mean, there is a big market full of things that you can hide things in. Yeah. Some are better than others. We should do a Mm -hmm. show on that. I'd be kind of curious, especially if you listening use some of these devices obviously maybe you want to anonymize that so so we don't go hey jim in tulsa is using this to hide yeah. all of his 
you know, hey, Jim, <laughs> I see here you live on 25th and Main. And uh, so keep in mind for humidity reasons, they're probably not going to work very well there. But what's been your experience? <laughs> right. And, you know, I like the stuff like the fake cans and that, because I think yeah. if you throw that into a fridge, if you mm-hmm. have a can that looks exactly like everything else in the fridge, I don't think they're going through every Coke can or whatever that is. Probably not. No. But now if it's something that's totally out of place, that might get noticed. Well, what if, what if you had like a severed head in the freezer in the garage? <laughs> see, that would, if, you're, if you rob somebody's house. And you, you see are, that? You better get the <laughs> fuck out of there in a hurry, man. That is a great idea. You're not going to be looking inside the head. <laughs> what a great. Like, dude, leave now. What a great deterrent. That's a fantastic idea. Right? Right. Keep a severed head in your freezer. Yeah. I mean, my whole fridge and, and well, freezer and fridge uh, is just nothing but meat right now. This is how Gene keeps people away. Severed totally. head. And, oh, I'm just doing the carnivore diet and my pets eat other animals. That So my freezer is full of other animals right now. So you're doing like no grains. You're just totally on protein all the time now. So I did, I don't know if we talked about this or not. I did full carnivore for 60 days about two years ago. Damn. That's like keto on acid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's, it's cranked up to 11. And it was really fun for the first month. And it was fun enough that I kept doing it for another month. By the last week, I just felt like I had eaten every combination of everything that I could cook. I was mostly cooking stuff myself because it it would bankrupt you to do that and going to a restaurant. Plus, they keep adding shit that's not meat. Right. <laughs> You're like, I don't and, want that. Yeah. And when I cooked, um, you know, it was basically filet mignon or. Um, um, See, that I could do. Yeah. yeah not yeah. only could I do that, but I keep noticing at our local grocery store here, mm-hmm. the whole beef tenderloin. Yeah. Like $9.99 or $8.99 a pound. Where the, the lunch You're meat turkey is like ten ninety nine a pound. That's not real tenderloin, dude. That's probably pork tenderloin. No, it is. It's real tenderloin. We have gotten mm. it. It's beef tenderloin. I don't know how they do it. It's like magic. Well, it's thirty nine dollars a pound here, dude. That's horrible. Get come here. Book. Get your get a freezer. <laughs> Fly to Chicago. Yeah. Get a freezer full of tenderloin. Bring it back down. Yeah. But right now I've got uh, bison, Ooh. venison, wild boar. Um, what I have grass fed and corn fed, uh, in a variety of styles. And then I had one of my buddies just brought me, uh, like, uh, three or four pounds of like freshly killed venison that he nice. got. Yeah, somebody um, so, that my wife knows brought her a couple, uh, venison sticks, mm-hmm. you know, he had them made yeah. into like their own beef jerky type things. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Yeah. She's like, do you want one? I'm like, can you get more? She's like, no. I'm like, then I don't because I don't want to taste it and be like, this is really awesome. <laughs> and then you can't get it again. Yeah. I need a source. Venison, venison jerky is usually pretty good. I need a source. I, yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, there's there's plenty of people that go hunting here in Texas. I I used to go hunting before I moved to Texas. But honestly, it's now such you're a, the hunted in Texas. No, not, I hope not. Uh, no, I it just, it, it's all about like who, you know, or what you're willing to pay and the prices here for land access to go hunting on are crazy expensive because everyone's got a gun and everyone wants to go hunting. If you are in a more of a blue state, 
where nobody has a gun, it's a lot easier to find to find land to go hunting on. This is why I find it really hard that Texas is going to go blue. People keep saying it's going to go blue. I don't buy it. I don't think it will. I know it's close. I know it's closer than any than it used to be. But, you know, I don't think that the 100,000 Californians that moved to Austin last year are going to be quite enough to flip it even in three or four years. Well, if you start hunting them, less chance even more so. Well, the the thing about them is they'll probably just be the first ones to starve. <laughs> They're like, they, they where's our MRE? They, yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't even know what MRE stands for. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that is true. They're not prepared. They're not, dude. Like first day of snow, and you had people walking around in, you know, shorts and tennis shoes and shivering to death. And uh, what is this falling from the sky? Yeah. Yeah. And and just being completely, you know, bedazzled by nature, uh, which it was only for a couple of days this year. Last year was for a whole week. That was not a fun time. See, while all that's going on, I picture you with one of those like patio things with the big fire so it can stay warm. And you just like sitting outside blaring rems it's the end of the world as we know it as you watch everybody freaking out that would be pretty funny yeah no no well you know i was i was sleeping in in 23 minute increments for a week and there were some very weird things going on in your brain then i don't know about that i think my brain has always got weird things going on that's that's true maybe it was just exacerbated a little bit yeah i mean i i was doing the the sergene speaks uh even with no power so, Wait, were you actually recording them or were you just doing the yeah. episodes? No, no, no. I was, I, was, I was recording them, yeah. No, I was using my phone. My phone was charged. He's like, I have no power. I have no devices, but I have to do the show. <laughs> Nobody will hear it except the snake, but that's okay. That's right. I'll remember. It was, uh, that was an interesting time. Not one I necessarily want to repeat, but at the same time, like, you know, I had tons of water, tons of uh, distilled water here. Tons of MREs, just like I had everything I pretty much needed. I was going to say, has there anything that you have changed as far as your preparedness now? Yes, I bought a generator. And that was it? I mean, it's a big change, but that was pretty much it. It was a serious inconvenience to not have a generator. That would make sense. And I remember talking to Adam about that new Ford F-150 that just came out right about that time frame and videos of people in Texas with big smiling faces with their house plugged into their F-150s. And it's like, yeah, what? There's no problem at all. A generator you can drive. Yeah. So the F-150 hybrids could be used as generators. Um, So essentially, uh, I think the cheaper model was uh, 7,400 watt. And the expensive model was like 11,000 watt. So that's a pretty good size, and the engine kicks in and turns off automatically as needed. So it's it's not a manual process, and the car has a plug that you can use to plug. Now, you have to do some work on the house, but essentially put the house from street power to your car's generator power. And that's enough to run some lights, keep your fridge and freezer going. You t- You usually use less than that. Like most of the time. So the average house would be fine not feeling like it was being uh, choked. You could 
just uh, yeah yeah i think uh like i have a lot of electronic stuff and i have heaters for the snakes and you know stuff that just and how long until you have to refill the truck's gas tank how long does a gas tank go if uh, you're using it as three just, days that's not bad it's not bad at all not until somebody all. steals your truck while it's well but i mean it's still locked but <laughs> I know. I mean, it's not going to drive without the little do that inside but it's what it was intended for of course was for guys working like building a house and you've got your generator available right in the truck uh to plug in all your power tools your band saws and all other crap uh while you're building the house so instead of using devices that or for that matter having your battery charger plugged into your truck as well so it wasn't intended as a prepper truck but it kind of was pretty good at that as well yeah, it may not have been intended as so, but that seems to be yeah. another thing you want to add to your arsenal. And I'd love for other brands of vehicles to uh, add functionality like that, because that really makes a hybrid worth buying. It is a unique feature. Thinking outside mm-hmm. of the box, that's what you want. Yeah, because you couldn't do it with a purely electric vehicle. I mean, Tesla lets you do that, but you're going to discharge your, your car's battery in probably three four hours, and that's it. You're done. Right. It's basically like a backup battery. It's that a backup carry battery for you. It's like a UPS for your house, right? Uh-huh. But this thing is uh, like a real generator for your house. And you think about it, like the, the generator I got, I think it's like a, uh, it's like a little tiny two cylinder engine. I'm not even sure how big of a capacity, but it's, it, it's small enough that it uses one gallon of gas uh, for seven hours of running the generator. Not bad. So it's very, it's, it's efficient, but it's efficient because it's small. But uh, the truck's got a, you know, it's like a 350 horsepower motor. So more power. It, <laughs> therefore, it can provide a lot more continuous um, voltage. And the guys, there's a show called uh, TFL Truck or something like that. TFL something. They have a bunch of different channels on YouTube, but they're basically car test guys or truck test guys. Um, and they did a two episodes where they did that. They plugged the house into that Ford. And it just worked flawlessly. Almost, almost. You can't have everything be powered on when you flip the switch. So you should go around and turn right. everything that can be turned off first. Right. It's like computers and then plug with 18 it in. hard drives. You want to stagger the. Well, uh, more like refrigerators. Yeah, true. But uh, once you are powered up, uh, then you walk around and turn everything back on. Um, and the guy even had an electric stove in the house. That, that I would imagine, sucks a lot. Yeah, a lot of wattage. Well, I know, just mm-hmm. running a little, the little Dyson that we have that has the ability to do, it's kind of the, uh, not very efficient as a space heater, but will work as mm-hmm. a space heater. Yeah, lots of wattage. Yeah, yeah. So, but as long as you you start off with a low load and then slowly build it up, yeah, it works fine. I dig it. These That's are the neat. kind of tips people get, Gene, from Unrelenting. Not a prepper. Not prepper advice. <laughs> what, well, what would you call it then? Uh, I would call it just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's not really advice. I'm just kind of describing shit I do. Gene's like, this is, this is just talking to do a show. Yeah, pretty much. Anything else uh, you got? I know you have a hard out. 
because you're heading out to dinner. I, I, I do, but I haven't gotten the text message telling me that I have a hard out hitting yet. Oh, you that be, that could so, mean the date's off. The uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I did get a text it. message saying I will let you know when I'm on my way. Oh, but I haven't gotten the message of I'm here. I see. Yes. So I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? How's your prepping going? Um, I I have guns and ammo. Well, that's good. I have uh, steaks in the freezer. I mean, not like six months worth. But I mean, I could go for a few weeks without. Uh, Can you go without power for a few weeks? That would be harder. And mm-hmm. the generator is the only answer. And I wish we mm-hmm. would have had a generator. This was going back maybe seven years, eight years ago yeah. that we had a just a thunderstorm that took the power out that flooded the basement because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bad stuff when you don't yeah. have the sump pumps and stuff working. We're very oh, sim- yeah. simplistic yeah, yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, and I know the the whole house generators are the the snazzy way to go, but they're yeah. a few grand. I think it, Adam's putting one of those in, which is nice because they run on mm-hmm. probably natural gas, which means you don't have to think much about it. If the power goes out, it should switch over automatically, rather than like, oh, gee, I have to yeah. go out and have gasoline and start it up yeah. and then refill it and. But then again, if your natural gas line goes too, then you got well. But that should that really shouldn't go unless you're in Texas where they're not like cold weather resistant. True, true. I did like that uh, your show was mentioned on uh, Curry and the Keeper, although the the name of it was not clear. <laughs> Gene does that podcast, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I think so. What the? It's something with Darren, maybe. I don't know. Right. So they know it's with me. That's good. Yeah. But it's called unrelenting. I mean, it, yeah. it's because you are. You're unrelenting. I'm well, unrelenting. They could have mentioned Sir Gene Speaks, but clearly they don't listen. They think Sir no, Gene I haven't Speaks had an episode since last year, but, you know. They hey, said they I wanted you get, on the Curry and the Keeper, though. That seems like a third wheel, doesn't it? Like Curry the Keeper and a third <laughs> wheel Gene? What is this? Gonna- <laughs> uh Yeah, no, I think I'm pretty good with those two. They're, they're, uh, they're fun personalities. I, I love hanging out with Tina because she is quick as a whip. And uh, it's very sarcastic. You could just bring your own microphone. Could be he's got the whole rig right there. Boom. I could, but he even had. Well, first of all, Adam has extras his, because he his microphone he bought for me, as I mentioned occasionally. Uh, I mean, no, most I think of the Adam's, last time you said he stole it from you, so it did, now well, it's he did. Well, been okay, okay, he he did take it, but he eventually paid for it. Okay. Uh, well, he didn't. No, no, no. That's not true. He did not pay for it. <laughs> He ordered me another one on Amazon. That's oh, well, did. that's even better. You got a mm. brand new one. Unless the other one was broken into your specifications. No, the other one was like three months old. So it's not really, uh, it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, but because of all the buzzing issues, issues, dimmers, he, he ended up buying, I think, either two or either one or two. Of them. Yes, I think he may be up to three. He may be up to three. And that's what I have right now, too. I have three of these things. You have three? Um, Why do you have three? Three? Twins? I have three instead of four. I had four. I have. I sold one, but I have three because. Uh, well, I, I, you probably remember I used to have Austin Podcast Studio, which is a an actual studio for podcasters with a a desk that goes up and down that you could rent, and I had uh, Adam there for a presentation to all the Austin podcasters until time. everybody realized you could do this at home for twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not far from being wrong there or being right there yeah it's um 
I think people are kind of impressed when they see something that looks like a, you know, Joe Rogan type studio or. Right. Now, if you're doing video, that's different because it's harder to set that up at home and keep that up. Yeah, it is. It is. Especially with lighting. And most people, especially if you use a wide angle lens, you can get away with a fairly small size. But I totally just knocked off Joe Rogan's California studio. So if you were to take a picture of somebody in there, it would look very similar. So I had a, a big desk, and then um, it was also like it had a mechanism to make it a stand-up desk. And then I had red curtains that kind of weave in and out um, on every wall. Ooh, and nice then sound vibe. deadening material behind the curtains. That's helpful. That's very helpful. Well, that's what makes it actually sound like a studio. Yes, because otherwise it sounds like what I've got going on here. And if I talk really loud, you can hear the buzzing. Yeah. And a little, yeah, a little bit of that reverb coming back. Yeah. Yep. No, that's absolutely right. And I think that there's a uh, there's a time and place for for that kind of stuff, meaning like reverb and effects. But I think that that time is never and the place is not on your setup. <laughs> so I, I I'm just trying to make a joke that probably fell on deaf ears here or blind eyes anyway, <laughs> because um, uh, it seems like the a lot of the audio de- like input devices somehow think that people want effects right they don't want the really dead sound which is you get a little the reverb is the most common yeah when this whole covid thing started you noticed people working for networks whether it was news the late night shows or whatever Mm -hmm. that were doing it from home and the sound's like way worse than we're doing here. Oh, it was god awful. Yeah. And no, so we we sound professional, dude. I get compliments I on this mic all the time. Yes, I think it sounds quite good. I don't think people mind that it's not totally NPR closed off sounding. That a little room reverb is natural because that's what people have in their rooms. When people talk to their friends, they're not in the closet with a lot of yeah, clothes. I don't around. have that. I have a noise gate. Yes, I do as well. But sometimes <laughs> you get a little bit of that reverb in. Yeah. But that's fine because that's what rooms sound like. Rooms aren't normally deadened. Only studios are deadened. But I've always liked the deadened sound. The NPR sound. Yeah. Or like the Dexter sound. We're back to killing people? Huh? What is the Dexter sound? No, no, I'm just talking about like from an audiophile perspective, just watching Dexter, you're focusing on the audio quality of the show. That's all I'm saying. I've never watched Dexter. I don't know why you have to bring... Death and you've never watched Dexter? No, my wife watched the series, but oh, okay. I, it didn't seem okay. like something I would enjoy. Although, would I? Is it? I mean, is it, is it a good uh, show? There are seasons that are exceptionally good, and there are seasons that are kind of boring. And your wife may be able to tell you which is which. Probably, I know when Yvonne Strahovski was on. I was like, oh, oh man, she was hot. See, I know. See, I want to see that, but it was like in the fifth or sixth season. So it's like, do I have yeah. to watch the first five to? Um. You could probably watch like the second, fourth, and fifth. It's kind of like Star Wars. You could skip the crappy stuff. <laughs> yeah, get right. Right to the exactly. good stuff. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, Yvonne and Chuck, that was the main reason to watch Chuck, too, which was a really oh. funny, well written show, I thought. She was both attractive and had a great character that she was playing, which helps. Well, yeah, so she's basically, I'm just going to spoil it for you. She's basically playing this killer. Yes, yes. It's another serial yeah. killer. Yeah, yeah. Although her method was using exotic plant substances. I mean, if you're going to get killed by somebody, it may as well be somebody as hot as Yvonne. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't care. You're I fine mean, with anybody. I just. I. I don't just don't think it's going to matter if you get killed. What's a, you're not going to even know who killed you. you Damn know? it! Why do you have to ruin my theory, Gene? <laughs> Why you got to do that? Why you got to do me that way? Yeah. Hey, how's my voice? I, I feel like it's still not like exactly where it was pre-COVID, but it's pretty close. It sounds 99% of the way there. I mean, there may okay. be a little but rasp. you can still tell a little bit, right? Yeah, just a little rasp yeah. is what I'm picking up. I mean, you'd have to go back and listen to the tapes. Yeah, yeah. But the, we, the, could put the, we could put the pretty filter on you. Know? The original tapes. Right, way back yeah. from 1940. Yeah, those tapes. No, I totally ones. sounded different back then. Yeah, the anti a whole different tapes. accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were even speaking a different language. I mean, I don't even That's know right. what it was. <laughs> Well, no, I, yeah, I was already speaking English by then. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty close. The other day I was, I was on the conference thing in the morning and I had my morning like bass sound kind of like, you know, towards your range of the spectrum. So it changes throughout the day. Oh, it, it, it absolutely does. But I've, I've like, I've always, when I was recording Sergene Speaks, I always try to do it before lunch. Because uh, my vo- I like that slightly deeper sound of my voice at that point. It's like my uh, after I eat lunch, the shape of my larynx changes. <laughs> that might mean you're eating too much or mm. the wrong things. Or both. Right. You're like, I just yeah. had 14 pounds of pork. Yeah. I, I mean, there, there are certain things. Uh, the other thing, it could just be a side effect of consuming poisons to be immune to them. That could be possible, too. Mm-hmm. But it's good that your voice is back and you're feeling peppy again. I am feeling absolutely normal. I mean, that this the the COVID thing is, uh, like I said, it kind of hit me on day two, maybe beginning of day three, and uh, lasted all of a sudden done. You know, like a week and a half. It was not the short version for me. Well, but no, well Adam, it, who Curry, who I think has Omicron, is the nine days in and still yeah, a yeah. lot of fatigue. Yeah, yeah. He said his really lasted like three days all of a sudden done. And then it just kind of hung on a little bit toward not feeling normal. Um, yeah, yeah. And then he said he didn't have any sore throat or coughing or anything like that. And I said, well, that's most likely because of all the uh, vaping, vaping you do. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, see, that's the some people want to believe that's the magic. The most well, I think it probably is, but I suspect it's not even it doesn't matter what you're vaping. You could be vaping water. Yeah, well, because, this is the most interesting thing to me, though, because does Tina vape or smoke? No. And she hasn't I mean, caught this. So. She'll try stuff. Uh, I don't want to say categorically. Right, but, but I'm but saying overall, in not, general, a daily, no. not a daily no. user. So living with somebody. Dude, she makes fun of Adam's vaping. It's funny. Well, you know, she has the right. But well, the fact- no, nobody else would dare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, they're in the same room a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and she hasn't yeah. caught it. So she's the magic one. You've got to find out what's in the yeah. DNA of the people. And don't get this. She works in a store that sells stuff to tourists. So she's constantly around people from out of town. Wow. Yeah. So she could should be like typhoid Mary. That should be like day one of working in a store. She should have had COVID. Yeah. Well, that's why I was worried. My wife works in a store, although it's a not very highly trafficked one because they do yeah. home improvement kind of stuff. So it's not ah. like there's a thousand people in in a day, okay. but she's never caught it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay. you never know. You never know why. Yeah. Might be some of that female genes that they just don't uh, 
Well, not female jeans. That's that's a scary thought. <laughs> well, Levi's or Wranglers? <laughs> Sir Jean, the transitioning period was now Dame Jean. I don't know. I was just going to say those jeans. <laughs> Dame jeans? Yeah, those, those, those female jeans. Uh huh. Where you would be a male gene, I believe. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I've never asked um, if you. So there's a book uh, that I just listened to. I keep wanting to say read, but I listen to all my. You know, my wife does days. it all the time, and I give her crap nonstop. Where it's like, I read really? that book. I'm like, no, you didn't. You listened to that book. Yeah, listening is better anyway. Yeah, it is. Um, well, especially if you have. She listened to all the Harry Potter with Stephen Fry reading them. And Stephen she was like, Fry has a great voice. Yeah, you have to find a good voice though. Well, I, so I was, I think I told you about the first book that I really liked, uh, Damon by Daniel Suarez. Yes, I downloaded it. I have not started okay. listening yet, though. And then, so after that, I figured, well, I might as well listen to all the rest of those books. Uh, so I started listening to a book that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but it's the one about genetics and uh, DNA modification. And that one was pretty damn good as well. I mean, this guy's a good writer. He knows um, what's going on in the world. Well, yeah, like fairly contemporary world. and yeah, pulls it into fiction. Uh, you know, he's an IT guy. He's a dude named Ben uh, before he became rich off books. Um, his first book, Damon, was self-published and uh, then picked up by a major publisher after a shit ton of people bought his book. Um, That'll do it. Yeah. So now he's like, I think he's got seven books out and, the, you know, all of them have been through publishers at this point. So, which means he basically gets paid to write it rather right. than getting paid once the book's done. Gets paid up front, which I still don't get. You see this with a lot of musicians well, as it's, well. It's the exact same thing as movies, like actors. And, well, but you, you have know, to pay to make the, the movies. That I get. But once you're a musician or a writer and you yeah. have the notoriety and you have the fan base, yeah. why go with a company it's, that's going to take? Well, okay, there is that, but I think between the starting writer and the I can publish my own shit because I'm so well-known writer, like Stephen King types, then in the middle zone is where you're like, oh, this is so awesome. I just got three quarters of a million dollars deposited into my bank account. Right. I guess next week I have to start typing. You're like, these suckers paid me money to write. (laughs) Dumbasses. Uh But yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, in the end... Even fairly successful and prolific writers that are going through Penguin or somebody, right? They're getting maybe like twenty cents in the dollar. So, like, versus just selling the book directly, and it's the way that the world always worked, and nobody ever thought about it. But now that mm-hmm. system has changed, and I know they're marketing that book to a certain extent, but you don't allegedly. have to market Stephen King all that right allegedly Zin. you don't have to market Stephen King all that no. much rather than Stephen King having a mailing list to the people yeah. that read him and what, go new book what you used to give up back in the day for that is uh you used to be able to use well the you you gave up a percentage of sales to the publisher but the publisher had the relationships with the book buyers in the stores True. And that's what you really wanted is you wanted your book to be sitting on top of the pyramid. When you had bookstores that people went to. When you had bookstores. That's absolutely right. Now, where everybody just buys audiobooks anyway. <laughs> yeah. Or they get them to their device in like yeah. the Kindle for Amazon. You know what? Speaking of are. books, what I find 
fascinating. It's not an experience I have horribly often, but I've oops, had it just recently. Uh-oh, see, here. now you needed a shock mount. I heard that. I, you did. You, I know. You, you I told me you, you never hit that. your microphone. Okay, the show ended five minutes ago. This is the post-show. I no. never hit my microphone. No, it has not. This is uh, all the warts <laughs> included. All right. Anyway, um, when people like tell me they've read my books and, and it's like, huh, that's weird. Because <laughs> now they know more about me than, you know, somebody who hadn't read my books. So it, it it's always a little bit of a weird feeling for me when I run into somebody that mentions that they've read, you know, one or multiple books. Uh, I, I just never gotten accustomed to that experience. It's a weirdity huh? that it's like, why would, why would you do that? <laughs> well, that's part of it, right? That's but it's the same thing listening to the podcast, right? It's like, well, why are you listening to me? Less so, because the podcast is a passive activity, and I don't have an audiobook version, which means they actually did have to read my book. Oh, so yeah. Well, you need somebody. You want me to read your books? I can. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, you want to do it? Good rate. Like free would be awesome. That'd be a great rate. <laughs> That's the best rate ever. You know what? I had the both the money and so a budget, and I found a um a Donald Trump uh impersonator guy. <laughs> Let me tell you when. Uh in 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 2015. And then Donald Trump decided to run for president. Prices went up. It's like, you motherfucker. You just stole my impersonator that was going to read my book in your voice. Well, that guy just made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what he said. He had to back out of the deal. He's like, yeah, dude, I can't do it. I'm super busy and people are paying a lot for very small chunks of, you know, speech. So he ended up backing out of it. I, I just never, never ended up with an audiobook. Well, you need some. How, how many words? How long would this take? Uh, 230 pages for the last one. It's not bad. No, it's, it's a normal book. I mean, it could take me forever to read it because it's you know. not, um, uh, you know, I mean, it's not really technical. It's just business stuff. Yeah. It's, and, and I wish I wrote a fiction book because then I actually make money off of it. Really? But I don't know. It's hard. I, I've only written uh, business books. And uh, th- those are they've cost me a lot more than I've made. Yes, but it's the prestige when you get these. That's, that's the main reason I did it. These seven figure salaries people pay you. You're like, this is my book. Here's. Yeah. Here's why you seven. should hire me. <laughs> seven, please. Eight. You're up to eight now. Nine. Yeah. Ten. Eight. eight. You're not in Bezos money yet, but you're close. <laughs> not in Bezos money. When does, exactly. your, when does your yacht get delivered, Gene? That's what I want. Uh, yeah, I kind of sold my yacht four years ago. <laughs> Was it was it uh, sinking at that point? What was the deal? Uh, no, it wasn't sinking. It wasn't getting used, and I wasn't working. That's that'll a bad combination. Yeah, that'll do it. And where you're paying like a couple grand a month for storage of stuff you don't use. Yeah, that will do it. That will mm-hmm. do it. Cut down on the things you don't need, folks. That's yeah, dude. I've in a way, it's kind of been a blessing to not work during COVID because. Uh, not voluntarily. I mean, like I suck at selling and so I usually don't. And, and (laughs) during COVID, I just didn't have any work. Um, but it did force me to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff. Reorganize, pair things down. Yeah. Like I, I think I sold probably 15 grand worth of photo gear, probably 20 grand worth of firearms. 
a couple cars, uh, boats, jet skis, all kinds of stuff. Sounds like you were kind of a hoarder. I wasn't so much a hoarder as just a guy making good money that didn't really have to think about what he bought. And now you're a podcaster. Um, and now I'm a podcaster. I mean, that's, that's how it goes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was not like a super rich multimillionaire dude, like the way Adam was in back in the nineties where he was renting castles to live and, in. And you never had the hair. And, uh, well, I did have hair when I was, I just young. Say you didn't have hair, but the <laughs> hair. Oh, like his hair? No, right. I never had his hair. No, no, I, I've always had a buzz cut. That was pretty much the same style until I no longer had hair. Well, that was back when you were still living in Mother Russia and, you know. Yeah, well, back in the 40s and 50s, everybody had buzz cuts. Right. You had to, you had to fit in. You it had helps. to fit in. It helps. And before we go totally off the rails, we should probably just consider this an episode. Yeah, I'm all for that, because I thought that happened like half an hour ago. No, see, when the episode's over, you would have heard this. 